Loretto, after seven years of wellness summits, we are going virtual for the first time. Oh, it's very exciting, MP. For all those wellness couch fans who couldn't get to a summit because of interstate or international travel, now you can join us. No border closures for this one. Join us from the comfort of home on September 11 and 12 for a day and a night of inspiring, uplifting, empowering information, insights, fun, and of course, a bit of frivolity. This is a wellness summit like no other. Imagine cooking dinner live with Joe Whitten from your very own home. Or joining in a group conversation with some of Australia's greatest thought leaders in health and wellness. The theme this year is revolution, and you're invited to join us. Tickets are just 97 bucks. You'll receive lifetime access to the recordings and a stack of bonuses when you register. Proudly brought to you by Positive Mentor. The rundown, the speakers, and all the details are at thewellnesssummit.com. Welcome to Quirky Cooking Chats. I'm Joe Whitten, your host, and I'm really happy to have you here in my kitchen with me today. We're going to cook, and we're going to chat, and we're going to have a lot of fun. So today I want to cook a recipe with you that is something I've been meaning to try for a while, and I keep putting it off because I've never made it before. And you know what it's like when there's a recipe that you um, want to try, but you just every time you look at it, you think, oh, you know, it looks a bit hard or it looks a bit like it'll take too long. And um, when you actually try it, you go, huh, that wasn't that bad. So I'm hoping that's what's going to happen with this one um, because I am just like the rest of you. I tend to put things off if I think it's going to take me too long. Okay, so this recipe is from one of my favorite cookbooks, Nourishing Traditions. If you haven't got this cookbook, I highly recommend it, not just for the recipes, but for the information. Every sidebar has so much great information on health and nutrition, and it's all based on traditional healing foods, the Western A. Price style of eating. And so the recipe that I want to try today is the spicy stuffed cabbage which is like cabbage rolls, um, except, as usual, I'm going to tweak it, and instead of brown rice, I'm going to use some um, chopped up cauliflower to try and make a grain-free version. I do not know if this will work. <laughs> Let's see. All right, so I'm going to put aside perfection, and I'm going to just go for it and see how I go. Are you ready for this? All right, so we need one large cabbage and we need to, let's see, remove the core from the cabbage and put it in a big pot, cover it with water and steam it for about 15 minutes. So I'm going to get started on that first. Okay, I'm just hoping that I'm doing this right. Uh, We'll see. We want to keep those outside leaves intact. So... Um, I'm just cutting around the core and sort of making a wedge shape so that I can pop it out, I think. Because we're going to use those outside leaves to wrap the filling so I can't just cut the cabbage in half. There we go. All right, that'll do, hopefully. Okay, I'm going to grab a pot. really useful because it has a strainer or a steamer so I'll pop that in there and then I'm just going to cover that with water okay turns out my pot's not quite big enough but since we're basically steaming the cabbage I don't think it'll matter Um, I can't cover the cabbage with water the pot is not big enough we're going to see how this goes anyway get that simmering okay next in the recipe I'm supposed to um, poach a couple of tomatoes and take the skin and seeds off and I went and looked in the fridge and there's no tomatoes oh well I thought I had some that's okay I have a tin of tomatoes we will use this instead hopefully that's fine two onions I'm going to go and chop those up and um, 
then we'll prepare the rest of the filling. Okay, so I have two brown onions chopped, ready to go. And I've just chopped up about 800 grams of cauliflower florets, and I'm sorry, cauliflower chopped into florets, and I've put them into my Thermomix bowl. You can use a Thermomix or a food processor, or you can do this bit by hand. But basically what I'm going to do is just roughly chop the um, cauliflower, the raw cauliflower, until it turns into little tiny bits about a rice, um, rice grain size. So no need to um, stress too much. If you don't have a thermomix, you can use, you can chop really finely with a knife or you can use a food processor. But what I usually do if you have a thermomix, I just pop it into the thermomix bowl. Don't pack it in, just um, sort of up to the two litre mark and um, then just let it chop on speed four to five. You may have to go back and forth if it gets stuck on the blades or anything. Um, and just give it about five to 10 seconds and then check it. And I'll show you what that looks like. Okay, that was 10 seconds on speed four and a half. So you can see it's kind of like grains of rice, kind of. And what I'll do is fry that up with the mince and the onion and the spices and then that will be the filler instead of brown rice. If you want to use rice, you totally can. Um, soak your rice overnight, rinse it really well, um, cook it with the absorption method, and then you'll get um, a lovely texture to your rice, and then you can mix that through the mince instead. All right, I'm just gonna prepare the rest of the ingredients for the filling. Oh, my cabbage is boiling. All right, I've turned it down to simmer. And I'll let that simmer for about 15 minutes and then I will take off the outer leaves, lay them on a tea towel and see if the inner leaves need more time. Um, meanwhile, I'm chopping garlic here, three cloves of garlic. Okay, I'm reading the recipe again and realizing I don't have pine nuts, but that's okay. I have almonds. I'm going to just toast these in the oven. So the recipe says to activate them. Um, so that they're dry and crispy, but I don't have time. So I'm just going to toast them and it'll be okay. All right, let's do this. I like to use my grill to toast the almonds. It's really quick and you don't have to heat up the whole oven. So I just use the grill tray, obviously wipe it out first, um, and just put the heat on medium and um, stir it a couple of times and it only takes five minutes or so. Um, and then they're done. Okay, so I also need two teaspoons of ground cumin. That may be a little more than two, but I really like cumin, so that's okay. We need some, let's see, half a teaspoon of cinnamon. Just guess a little bit there. One eighth of a teaspoon of cloves. Just a pinch. Pop that in. Now the recipe calls for fresh dill. I have no fresh dill. I need to buy some fresh dill. It's okay. I've got a little bit of dried dill, so I'll just sprinkle some in and hope for the best. We'll also need some salt and pepper, but there's no measurement on the recipe. This is my kind of cooking. Add to taste. You know, I've had people message me, and don't don't worry if you're one of these people, it's okay, and ask, how much is a pinch of salt? Um, because the recipe just says a pinch. And they're like, is it a quarter of a teaspoon? Is it half a teaspoon? With recipes like this, it's honestly just to your taste. So um, I might use half a teaspoon, you might use a quarter of a teaspoon. It's just whatever you prefer. Don't get hung up on the tiny little amounts of spices and herbs and um, salt and pepper. The only time you need to be super careful is when it's chilly. <laughs> then you can definitely put way too much. I guess you can put too much salt as well, but it's not going to make a gigantic difference if it's um, a big pinch or a little pinch. So to taste. Let's have a look at these nuts. They're looking quite toasted. I'll just um, give that a, maybe a minute more. That's about done. So that was only about five minutes on medium heat. 
Okay, I'm going to get started cooking up the mince and the onion and the spices and then we can set that filling aside to cool while the cabbage cools down as well. Okay, I think the cabbage is cooked. We'll see. Let's see how that looks. The outside's cooked. Now I've got to figure out how to take this out of here. Okay. Well, thankfully I have a strainer in this one. So I can just strain it out. Right, I've got to um, pull apart the leaves. It's going to be a bit hot right at first, so I'll just go and put this on a tea towel to cool down. Right, so we need to lay all these leaves onto the tea towel to cool down. Pull them off. Hot, hot, hot. And if the inside isn't quite cooked, then we've got to cook that a bit longer. So we'll see how we go. Okay, I've got the onion sauteing in a bit of olive oil. So that's a couple of tablespoons of olive oil, um, two chopped brown onions, and I, I have the garlic in there as well. So that was three or four cloves of garlic. And I'll just um, cook that until it's soft and then I'll add the meat. Okay, so the recipe says 500 grams of mince, but I've got a kilo that I need to use up before it goes out of date. So I'm going to use it all. Um, what I might do is just double the spices. <laughs> It'll be fine. I tend to do this. I change recipes as I go and um, then I have to add to it and tweak it as I go, but that's all right. That way I use up what I have. Oh my goodness, I nearly forgot to put the cauliflower rice in. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna pop that in with the meat and the onions. The meat is sort of partially browned. I've probably got three to four cups of the cauliflower rice here. That's okay because I've also got double the mince. that through. This is going to make a lot of filling. If it's way too much filling that's fine. I can use it in other things or I can freeze it. Cabbage is a really inexpensive at the moment which is awesome. It's a really good time of the year to make cabbage rolls and sauerkraut and all the cabbagey foods. All right I better turn that down a little. I'm actually going to add a bit of ghee. Ghee is definitely my favorite fat and I like to add it not just for the flavor um, but also because it's really great to cook with. It's high smoke point and it's also got a lot of nutrients in it, vitamins, um, antioxidants, linoleic acid. It's just so, so good for you. So I'm going to add some of that as well couple of tablespoons. All right, I'm gonna add in the spices now. So um, I think basically I'm just gonna to have to double them since I doubled the meat. So I'll add another half a teaspoon or so of cinnamon, a pinch of cloves, a couple of teaspoons of cumin, and another sprinkle of dill. Okay, now let's get this salt and pepper in. I usually use sea salt. So I'm just gonna chuck in a couple of, maybe about a tablespoon. Ah, just use the rest of that. And some pepper, some good Aussie pepper. Oh, that is smelling so yummy already. All right, now we need um, about a cup of raisins, not really measuring this either. Just eyeball it and stir that all through and taste it. Oh, and my almonds. Where are they? Okay, I've got my chopped almonds. This is smelling really delicious. 
It reminds me of Palaf, but um, without the rice, obviously. Or with, as the case may be. I ended up putting the um, centre of the cabbage back into the boiling water to steam a little bit longer. Um, it just wasn't quite soft enough in the middle. So I'm just going to check that. Give that a little bit longer. Um, and I'll cook the meat until it's really well browned. Okay, I also need two eggs. So this is because I'm doubling the mince, so I'm gonna use two eggs. Um, and I'm just going to whisk those up. And once the meat's finished cooking and it's cooled down, then I'll stir that through. I'll turn the mince off now and let that cool down. And I'll check the rest of the cabbage leaves and see if they're ready. Oh, very important. Let's taste the mince and make sure it actually doesn't need any more spices and salt and pepper. Mm. That is really good. I could just eat that like that. Now, while the mince finishes cooling off, I'm going to warm up some chicken stock. So I had this in the fridge from yesterday. I made it. So I've got some lovely jellyish stock. If you don't know how to make meat stock, go to my video on meat stocks and you'll see that. Um, I need four cups or so. Oh, you can use chicken or beef, apparently. So I'm just gonna, I've just tipped out the cabbage water and I'm going to um, heat that stock up in the pot that I had the cabbage cooking in. Now, one thing that's important to remember when you're warming up meat stock is not to bring it to a rolling boil. Just keep it at a low simmer um, because when you boil it and boil it and boil it, it actually damages the amino acids, which is why you're making the meat stock in the first place. I mean, okay, it's partly for flavor, but it's also because you want those healing amino acids in your food. So if you just simmer your stock lightly, um, that's the best way to do it because a really rolling boil will um, damage those amino acids. I'm going to stir the egg into the mince now. We'll just tip that in and stir it through. I would say you could probably get away with not adding the egg if you're egg free. All right, it's time to fill the cabbage rolls. We've got all these cooked leaves and I'm going to fill them with some of the mince filling and then roll them up, put them into casserole dish that can go in the oven and on the stove. So I'm using the Solid Techniques Noni six litre um, rundu, and then that can go on the stove and in the oven because then we simmer it with some chicken stock and then it goes into the oven to bake. All right, so let's see how we do this. Okay, all you guys who were raised making cabbage rolls, I hope I'm doing this right. I'm sure it's gonna taste good. Okay, so a spoonful of the filling. Do you reckon a spoonful's enough? I reckon it needs a bit more. That much? And then fold the bottom and the top. And then we'll just roll them up. Okay, does that look right? Let's hope so. Okay, that's going into the pot. Woo! One down, 50 to go. <laughs> fold it up, fold it down, fold it over into a roll. Oh, that one's really fat. Oopsie. It's okay, I'm sure it's gonna be fine. Some of these leaves are gigantic. Sure, they don't mean a spoonful. Must mean like a big spoonful, right? I'll try that much. Ooh, that's a big one. Is that too big? I don't know. Woohoo, look at that. I've got the cabbage rolls ready to go. I've used about, oh, I've only used about half the filling, which is 
pretty much what the recipe told me to do was not to use that much mince but anyway I have a little bit of cabbage left so I thought what I'll do is to shred that and pop that through the mince and then that can be um, that will be a great breakfast I can mix it in with some scrambled eggs and um, it'll make a great breakfast okay so here I'm going to pour the tinned tomatoes over the cabbage rolls And then I've got the chicken stock, which I'm going to pour over the top of that. Okay, so I'm going to pop the lid on and bring that to a boil on the stove. And then that will go into the oven. And let's see, it'll bake at 150 degrees for about an hour. I've got this on medium heat and I'm just going to bring that to a simmer and then pop it into the oven for an hour on 150 degrees. And over here I've got the leftover cabbage and mince and I'm just stir frying all that and then I'll pop that into containers for lunches and breakfasts. Turns out my kids need something to eat right now because they've got to go out straight after work so I am going to just add some cooked rice to this leftover mince and cabbage and um, that can be their dinner because the other the cabbage rolls won't be ready I'm the main one in the family that tries to keep carbs low so everyone else is like more rice more rice so they probably would have loved the cabbage rolls with rice maybe next time but I think they taste really good with the cauliflower rice so we'll see, we'll see what they think. Right, that can be their dinner tonight though. And they can have cabbage rolls for lunch boxes tomorrow. That is simmering now. So I'll pop that into the oven. That's in the oven. And I'll leave that for an hour. Okay, the time is up and I've opened the oven and it's overflowed. <laughs> okay, now I have to clean the oven. That's one of my worst jobs that I hate. Okay, let's hope this tastes really good. <laughs> well, anyway, it looks good. It's all cooked. I'm going to take these cabbage rolls out and put them into a serving dish now. Okay, held together. It's a good sign. So what I need to do is take all the cabbage rolls out and then simmer down the sauce until it's thicker and you can thicken it with tapioca. Okay, so the um, stock is simmering. Just keep that on a bit lower. And I'm going to add some of it I took out and I'm gonna add a couple of tablespoons of tapioca starch and just stir that into the the stock that I've reserved. So you don't want it really hot when you stir the tapioca starch in, just whisk it in with a fork. Let's mix that until there's no lumps. And then you need to whisk the um, stock while you pour it in. I cannot find my whisk, so I'm using a fork. See how quickly that thickens. You need to whisk that for about a minute and simmer it, and um, that way it won't taste floury, starchy. So you can use tapioca starch, corn starch, um, arrowroot, you can use flour if you want to. And if you're trying to completely avoid starches, then um, just skip this step and just simmer the, simmer the stock down till it's reduced and then that drizzle some of that over the cabbage rolls. Well, I hope you found that helpful and um, a lot of fun. And if you want to try that recipe, you can find the recipe in the Nourishing Traditions cookbook. Um, it's in pretty much any good bookstore. Um, but 
you can obviously watch the video and figure out how to do it. It's very easy and yummy. I will definitely be making that one again. You know, it sure is easy to um, get really stuck with something when you feel like you can't get it perfectly. And um, probably all of you know that feeling. Um, I know from feedback I've had in my quirky cooking chat group that a lot of people don't start a recipe because they feel like I don't have the exact right spices. I don't have the exact right pot. Um, I don't know how to do something perfectly. So I'm just not even going to start it. I'm not going to try. I'm not going to begin. But the more that you jump in and just have a go, the better you get at cooking. And it's the same with anything in life. Um, when you make yourself just start, it's amazing how much you can do and how well you can do and how quickly you can learn something. And this is something that I've had to learn in a lot of areas of my life um, because I have a tendency to be a bit of a perfectionist. Well, I used to. I'm a lot better now. I'm a recovering perfectionist. It's very easy to get caught up in this um, idea of I can't start something because I don't know if I can do it perfectly. So I've invited my friend Helen Marshall from Primal Alternative to come and have a chat with me about this because we had a really good discussion about it the other day and um, both of us um, would love to share some of our ideas on this. It's my beautiful friend, H. How are you doing? <laughs> I think that's, the, that's the first time you've ever called me H. <laughs> Normally it's Hello. sorry, H. Yeah, I know. But see, if I get called Joanna, then I feel like I'm in trouble. So I know how you feel. So, yes, yes. Joanna well. H. <laughs> Joanna H. It's really cool to hang out with you. And I'm really excited to be talking about done being better than perfect. And being perfectly imperfect. Perfectly imperfect. Absolutely. Yeah. So cool. Where are we going to start? We've, we've been uh, talking about this on a, on a phone call. We've got so many... We could share this and this and this. So where will we start? <laughs> well, probably we should start with how the conversation came up. How did it come up? Um, we were talking about your work and we were talking about um, labels on your packaging and how it can be so hard not to get caught up in every single detail and then you feel like you can't put something out there because it's not exactly perfect. And I was saying how I get like that with things like recipes and with videos and blog posts and newsletters and I'm like, oh, you just get this such an overwhelmed feeling because you feel like I've got to get every single little bit perfect and it takes you, um, it has taken me quite often six to eight hours to do a newsletter because I get so wrapped up in perfectionism. And um, this is just a little example for you guys. I didn't do a newsletter. Like sometimes it'll take me a month, six weeks before I do another newsletter. I'm shocking with newsletters because I want to put so much stuff in it that it takes me forever. And so the last time, uh, last week, I was, I was saying to my assistant, Emma, that's it. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm giving myself a deadline of half an hour and I have to get my newsletter out with my meal plan and the recipe links. And she's like, do it. I'm holding you accountable. I'm like, oh, no. And I had to go out that morning. So I was like, set my timer. I'm like, and I got it done. And I was like, see? And it may not have been the most amazing, beautiful, wonderful newsletter, but I got so much good feedback from it because people were like, thank you. I really needed those recipes. That was really helpful. I'm like, oh, there you go. That wasn't that hard, was it? <laughs> It wasn't that hard and it was a beautiful newsletter. I saw it and, and I was like, yeah, because I'm holding you accountable to your weekly newsletters as well. You're like, yes, you got a newsletter, right, Joe? That's awesome. But what you talked about there, Joe, is Parkinson's law, um, which is a brilliant um, thing to remember when you're trying to get stuff done or you're trying to implement stuff in, in, in it, right? So Parkinson's law is that work takes up the time you allow it. So if you say, yeah. right, I've just all I've got to do today is write my newsletter, you can guarantee that lots of other low value priorities will fill up your day, all sorts of stuff will happen, and it'll get to the end of the day and you'll be like, I haven't even written my blooming newsletter. So that giving it that me. half an hour, Every smash week. it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would always go, right, today's newsletter day. I'll just answer all these messages first and then I'll just answer those yeah. emails and then I'll just quickly go cook that and then I'll just take this video. Oh, I need to edit that video. I'll just put a post on Facebook. 
four or five o'clock. Right, now I need to start my music. I'm too tired. <laughs> oh, it's dinner time. I've got to cook dinner. I'll have to do it after dinner. <laughs> and it's like, I have a bit yeah. to read. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyone else feel like us? Well, we're learning. Yeah. We're learning not to do We're learning. And, and I think it's nice to have, um, you know, what I, I would call like a, an accountability sister or somebody who's on the same journey as you, you know, to actually set some goals and say, right, this is what I want to do and help me stick to it. And I think that's why your quirky cooking chat group is, is so good because people can come in there, they can get advice, they can feel supported because not everybody gets it. You know, like, you know, we, we were just talking before we started recording of, you know, family members aren't overly supportive of us doing podcasts and stuff from home and they're rolling their eyes. And in like, the bedroom, do you have to be taking up the kitchen for an hour? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think I think that's really good. And I think our conversation around done is better than perfect started because I had a lot of um, primalistas, the primal alternative producers starting last term and a few of them were getting stuck on, and they won't mind me saying this because we've had a big group discussion about it. They were getting really um, paralysis by analysis and procrastination, which procrastination is just when your fears are a little bit ahead of your goals or your desires. And you just go, Ugh! and there was a couple of primalists just trying to get everything perfect. And I could see them, you know, searching for like really the, the like low tox baking trays, which are really hard to find. So, you know, we kind of done is better than perfect. Our version of that is to get a really nice, uh, you know, um, baking paper that's non-toxic that's in between the two products so you know and and but that wasn't no no I need to get the best ones and I was like I don't think there are any and if you do is it going to be viable to have 20 of those trays to do your business with so just little things like that and and I actually said a beautiful prime minister in South Australia and I just said to her look I think you're um you're procrastinating and you're not really just moving forward and just baking bread and selling bread you know that's the whole point of the business and she was like oh my goodness, thanks for pointing it out to me. You know, she's very aware. So she, well, she didn't take it as a criticism. And once you realize it, you're like, oh my goodness, I just, I'm stuck. And, you know, you need to just get on with it and move forward, don't you? And it's the same with people in um, gut health programs, isn't it? Like the same yeah. kind of wanting to get everything so perfect. Well, it's just a human trait, I think, that we get stuck so easily. Um, we get so bogged down by all the um, things that we have to do and all the things that we want to do exactly right for our health or for our in our cooking or um, in our work, um, in our homes. And so we put off that, we put off starting because we feel like we won't be able to do it properly. Do you ever feel like, um, for instance, um, I'm going to clean out the fridge and it's this great big job, like it's just this mountain to start climbing. And so you go, I'm going to have to wait till Saturday. And then you go, okay, I'm going to have to wait till 10 a.m. when everyone's out of my way. Oh, now oh, it's too busy. I'm going to have to wait till afternoon. And it becomes this gigantic thing. And when you actually do it, the main part of it takes like 15 minutes. But for some reason in your head, it's just like this gigantic task. And I feel like I get like that and I know other people do um, about all sorts of things. I had a chat in my quirky cooking chat group and said, you know, do, does anyone ever feel like um, the fear of not cooking a dish perfectly or a recipe perfectly holds you back from starting? And there was so many people that said yes. Like they look at a big list of ingredients and go, I just can't even start mm. because I don't have every single herb in that list. I don't have red onion. I've only got brown onion. I don't have the right pot and, um, you know, I'm scared that I'll mess it up. And this is exactly why I started doing my cooking videos because, hey, I never have all the exact, hardly ever have all the exact ingredients even for my own recipes and they get changed every time. <laughs> um unless it's a very particular ratio with baking and something like that, it's fine mm -hmm. to use a recipe as a guidepost and just change it as you go. And it's kind of um, been a good lesson for me in life because I remember when I was young, I would, when I first was starting to learn to cook, and my mum would say, how about you make this? And I'd say, well, 
I'd look at the recipe and I'd want all those exact ingredients. And I would say, oh, we don't have that, so just swap it for this. And we don't have that, so just swap it for this. And I'd be like having a meltdown going, I can't. Yeah, it's that. not perfect. That's the recipe. <laughs> and that, I guess that's also um, just not having the experience. And so the more you do it, the more you get more flexible. And I guess that's the same with so many things in life. And I remember you were laughing at me because I was talking about how I was so, um, what's the word? Um, I can't remember the word. You know, when you're really... OCD? Yeah, probably. <laughs> that's probably where Isaac got it from. <laughs> uh, well, that's what I've been told. Um, uh, height, you know, what's the word? Oh, anyway, you just can't let go. You're just so determined mm. to do everything. It's like an overwhelm. It's an yeah. overwhelm feeling, isn't it, Joey? It it's just like, oh, I've got it. it. And if I, if I let that go, then it's all going to collapse. I know. And I'm going to fall completely off the wagon. Uptight. Yes, uptight. uptight. Yeah. I was always yeah. very uptight. And it took me a long time to learn to relax in life in so many things. Um, yeah. And it's been an interesting lesson. I, I like how so many things... Um, sort of are a picture of something else like um, gut health, like you say, trying to work into a healthy diet um, and being scared of doing things wrong and trying to do everything black and white and being scared of, oh, no, I had a rice cracker, now I have to go back to the start and, you know, all these fears that people have when really the important thing is just making those small little changes each day and when you mess up or mess up, <laughs> you think you mess up. Um, you just go, oh, well, we'll do, we're still doing better than we were a year ago and we'll just keep working That's on it. So true. Um, and we've come such a long way. So, yeah, it's been, I think it's actually been really good for me to um, to have to work through healing for, for a few years before I ever started helping anyone else because, goodness, I'm so glad that I learned that importance of being flexible and not having perfection in your life. Um, before I started teaching other people, or I probably would have driven them crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I think, I, I don't know, I think it comes from, you know, maybe the, the diet culture that we all grew up with where it's that sort of Monday to Friday and then you sort of, it's so it's so intense that you just can't stick to it for long periods of time. And we kind of conditioned that way. But when we come to, you know, a, a quirky or an alternative way of eating it's for the long haul and you know you do need to have like I know at the beginning of my health crisis and recovery sorry health journey and recovery from the crisis it was pretty regimented and it was pretty strict but it was for a very short period of time till I reversed and I was really that, you've got that long-term goal and so you you ask for yeah. it for a little while yeah and but then now you know it's like and I know you're the same too because we talk about it, but, you, you know, some days you give it a bit of a bit of a nudge, maybe a little bit too much sugar, a bit too much coffee for me. <laughs> I know you don't drink, but I might have an extra glass of wine and ooh, or stay up a bit late, ah, you know, like really crazy stuff, like staying up late. <laughs> and, and the next day you, you get, your body gives you feedback, doesn't it? Like yeah. it's, it's always saying to you, you know what, that, so there's never any failure. I always think there's always feedback. And That's there's always point. the next meal. There's always the next day. We don't need to wait till Monday. We don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater exactly. and throw the whole thing away, you know. This is one um, thing Lisa and I say a lot in our program. Um, you know, it's not diet starts Monday. In fact, our program starts on Thursdays just to make sure people know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it. But it's not really a diet <laughs> anyway. It's, it's just principles. And that's what, you know, yeah. we have to... Um, bring into our life principles, not rules, so that we're making sure that we're also having flexibility as well as understanding the reason why and then working towards that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, Joe, tell us some of the ways that you deal with, you know, because I think we've all got it in us. I know I have as well, and I think when you become aware of it, then you think, oh, hang on. I'm trying to get this really perfect, but let's just get it out and then see how it goes. And we can, you know, even if you're writing something, um, yeah. just to write it really raw and just really get it out and then you can go and give it a bit of an edit. But sometimes it's hard thinking about what other people are going to think about it, you know, 
you start to sort of criticize yourself before you've even got the words out or, or, the, or a video or anything that you're doing. So do you have any tips? I mean, and, and we, you know, we're talking about all areas of life, not just Facebook videos or writing blogs or, you know, Cooking feeding or, your family, nourishing right. food. What are your tips? Um, just do it. Just start. I think whenever I whenever I um, get like constipated, <laughs> that's gross. Um, in you know you feel like you're just like completely you can't move. Um, Frozen. Sometimes yeah. I'll put on a timer and I'll say, um, okay, I have got 20 minutes, or I've got like I said with my newsletter, I've got 30 minutes. Or um, with cleaning cleaning something that I've been putting off because I don't want to clean it, or um, doing exercise when I really don't feel like it and those kind of things, I'll put the timer on. And even if I say to myself, all right, you only have to do this for five minutes or you only have to do this for 10 minutes, um, that gets me started because I'm like, oh, got to start. Quick. And then once you're in there started, you're fine usually. Um, mm-hmm. I did that this morning with exercise actually because I keep putting that off because I'm like, I need an hour. I've got to do my Pilates properly. I need an hour. And so today I was like, nope, I'm going to do 15 minutes every morning, even if I don't get past the, um, you know, the preparatory exercises in 15 minutes, at least I'm doing something. Um, so I've started that today. We'll see how that goes. Um, and also with things like videos and things where I've really been um, overwhelmed with the idea of I've got to have it perfect. It's got to look professional. It's got to be, you know, it's got to have the right setting. It's got to look beautiful. It's got to have the captions. That just never happens. And so I finally <laughs> started doing those Instagram. Yeah, they're great. I love those. Um, and it's like such a weight off. It's like, that was easier. <laughs> And people like it because it's real life. Yeah, yeah, so just start and um, keep reminding yourself that something's better than nothing and at least it's going to start helping people and um, you can, you know, you can do more later if you feel like it, but at least I'm getting something out there. (laughs) How about you? That's right. Um, Well, I think my key is scheduling. Yeah. So for me, it's in the schedule, it's not going to happen. And so that way you get to create a week of high, you know, I'm always talking about values and priorities, right? But you get to create a week of high value things that are a priority and you, I schedule them in. And it, I remember my mum was always, um, she's a real routine. Too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, she's a real routine person. Like Thursday night was bath night and I used to say, oh God, mom, you know, like, aren't you like so confined? Where's the, where's the chance for spontaneity? <laughs> but actually, yeah, but when you have a schedule, there is so much opportunity for spontaneity and fun because doing all the things you like, you don't feel bogged down and too busy and overwhelmed that you never got stuff done. So for everything for me, like from you know, cooking dinner, taking my daughter to school, uh, having time with my husband, having a coffee with my bestie, doing my Pilates class, going to Zumba. I love dancing. Um, interview, interviews. Uh, so there's where I'm like more videos on social media. All of that's factored in to my week. Um, and there's a couple of things as well that I outsource because then I find if I get some help in those areas, like so cleaning the house uh, and cooking, I get some help with that. Um, because that just frees me up to do more of what I'm, you know, I can cook and clean, but it's not my zone of genius. So I can outsource (laughs) that to people who are really good at that. And then I can spend more time doing what I want to do. Um, which, which works, which works really well. But you know, like when I first started Primal Alternative, I just, I, it was, I started completely illegally. Like I didn't know that you needed to, um, (laughs) I didn't know (laughs) that you, that you, I hope they don't come and look for me. Um, I didn't know that you needed a license to sell food to the public. I was just, you know, but that didn't stop me. You know, like somebody that was literally stood at a market and it was, yeah, it was a big deal. Say yes and figure it out later. That's my motto. (laughs) Exactly. I stood at the market. It was a big deal being seen because I didn't, you know, credit myself as a, you know, a specialist in food or health or anything. And um, you know, someone came to me and said, oh, do you have a food business registration? And I was like, what's one of those? 
<laughs> and, then, and then, you know, like it didn't go to jail. I just was like, okay, well, now I know. Then I'll, I'll, I'll get one. And then obviously make sure that all the prime ministers get one too. But I think if I, you know, when you look, when you look back at what you've done, like with quirky cooking and, and what I've done with prime alternative and what everybody's done with their life and what's relevant to them, like if you knew all the things that you had to do to get it perfect, you wouldn't do it. You would just gotta make that one step. No, you never know how much how much I'd be doing now. I wonder if I'd ever started a blog. You know, I mean although I love it, so maybe I wouldn't. But it is a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. It is a lot of work. And but a lot of fun. It is. Yeah. Um and um I think everybody especially they've had like a health breakthrough. And they've got, you know, more energy and, and they've lost the pain and the, the brain fog. And everyone's got that little like, oh, one day I wouldn't mind doing whatever it is that everyone's got their thing. And I think that the key to it is just like you said, just get started. Just take that first step. And I for actually, anything in life, right? Actually, now that you've mentioned that, I remember talking to a friend of mine who has so much to share about her health journey. Um, but it's been very hard for her to take that first step. She's made the website and she's started to get out there a little bit, but she said, I always feel like, do I know enough about it? I'm like, are you kidding me? Mm. You know, I'm always asking you stuff about your journey and, and sending people to you because there's always someone who wants, who, who is in the place that you used to be that needs help going forward. And it doesn't matter. Like you may look at other people and go, well, they've been in business for 10 years and they know a lot more than me or they've got these degrees or they've got whatever, so why would I even bother? But your journey and your story will always speak to someone and will always help them to take that first step or that second step that they need to take. So never feel like you haven't got enough to share because you do. So, That's yeah. so true. And you know your personal story. So at quite a lot of um, uh, courses where people are learning to speak in public, mm. the first thing that they get people to speak about is their story yeah. because nobody in that audience knows your story better than you do. So you can nobody tell that well. Nobody that else. Story. You're the expert. Sorry. It's always a beautiful place to start. I think we've got a little little delay in between <laughs> Western Australia and Queensland. <laughs> Because the border's being shut. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But yeah, we have to get permission to get the Wi-Fi through. <laughs> it just makes um, so much sense, though, doesn't it? You know, sorry, what? Um, sorry, I'm lost. Where were we? <laughs> we were talking about, um, sh- you know, people who've got who've got a thing and they want to share it. And I was saying, start with your story because you know that best, and you're not trying to be anybody else or. You know, and I think that one thing that really helped me, you know, when I was first starting out and looking up to people like you and thinking, well, what have I got to contribute to the, you know, real food world? You know, Joe's got it covered. And, you know, it's not a case of one, it's not a case of wanting to be the next, the next Joe Witten or whoever. It's just, it's about contributing to the, contributing to the conversation around food in your way without trying to be anyone else. Exactly. That's so good. Um, yeah, yeah and we've all got so much more to learn. Nobody covers every single area. Um, it's funny, I was just working out, um, doing some business goals and things like that and writing them all down. And I was thinking about, um, one of the things that I was, I was answering a sheet of questions basically on my business and what, what my goals were and what my aims were and all of that kind of thing. Um, and one of the questions was, who are your competitors? And I really had to think about that because I was thinking, I don't, I don't think of other people as competitors because I feel like we Same. all look at, um, we all come from a slightly different angle. We all come from our own personal story and what we've learned through that. And we all have different things to offer. And I feel like, like you're saying, we, we just, there's no really reason to feel like, well, I'll never be able to do it because someone else has already covered it because no one does. It's, everybody's got the different things to offer. So, yeah, that was a really hard question. I didn't know how to answer that. <laughs> yeah. I've done that one 
Yeah. I don't really have any competitors because the people who are doing a similar thing, so people who, there's people that make green free bread, but I see them as like sisters on the same yeah, exactly. mission. That's how I, I love their products, right? Like yeah. we're on the same mission. Why would I? And I think it's a very like, you know, patriarchal way to have competitors yeah. and take dominance of the market. And I think <laughs> that the way that women work better is through collaboration, you know, and it, yeah. And that works so much better. And the more people that are talking about what, what you're passionate about, then the more people are going to benefit from it and everyone's exactly. going to do better. Like we all rise together. And that's exactly. beautiful. And that's why we've become such good friends, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Absolutely. So well, good. Thank you for having this conversation with me on perfectionism and why we don't need it. <laughs> no. And I think, you know, I think the, the key thing to, to know is that everybody feels it like it's everybody get everything right and I think it comes down to like the very basic primal thing that you know when we were living in tribes if we did something that people didn't like it we would have been cast out from the tribe and it would have literally been a life or death situation you know right, if you yeah. changed what you were eating or you, you went and you did something new and and you you know you you risk you risk life or death and so I think if we can look at what we're doing now and thinking hmm, well because, you know, starting this business or starting this healing journey, is it a matter of life or death or not? Yeah. <laughs> Just take right. it from there. That's right. And, you know, I think a lot of the perfectionism that we put on ourselves is really just our um, perceived expectations of others. And so we just think yeah. we're going to live up to something that's not even there and probably nobody's even noticing. <laughs> It's so true. I think the biggest the biggest critic is inside the two ears. Oh, you know, nobody definitely. else nobody else really cares. You no, know, and I, their own things to worry about. I just get it out there. Yeah. That's it. They're more interested in them than yeah. you. So whatever yeah. it is that you're doing or wanting to do, and you're scared to start, whether it's making sourdough bread or whether it's starting a business or starting a blog or starting a podcast or starting a YouTube channel or um, what else, whatever it is. Cleaning out the fridge. Clean out the fridge. <laughs> I need to clean out my fridge. <laughs> I'll go set the timer right now. <laughs> yeah, I do think it. do it and tell us, what, tell us what, you, what it is that you want to do. I think even just putting it out there yes. will just be that like seed of accountability to, from making it a, a thing. In yeah. your head to a thing in real life. Actually, so I want to that's know. probably a point that I should have said when you said what helps you is definitely accountability. So talking mm. to a friend about it or for me, if I put it out on social media, then it's like, oh, now I have to do it because people are going to ask. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it totally, it totally so um, true. works to have that accountability. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Good discussion. Thanks, Helen. Oh, hate. <laughs> See? You did it. That's what you normally do. But that's all right. Because if we're not about perfection, Joanna. It's all right, Joanna. That's right. You can call me Joanna. <laughs> this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.